Welcome to the Southland Podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. We trust that this podcast will encourage and equip you in your walk with God. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Did you sleep well and not in your own bed? Was it good? Good. I did too, but I bring my bed with me. We have our RV with us, so I'm very used to it, and I really like it. It's a nice one. Um, I'm so happy that we have this time just us together. It's so exciting when we get together just as girls and we can talk about whatever we want. There are so many things that we could address, though, as wives, right? Really. And in our culture, it just seems to be getting more and more needful that we talk about them so that we can draw those clear lines of what it means to be a biblical wife as opposed to being a cultural wife. Last night, David um, drew attention to the fact that the Bible is counter-cultural. I just was at a ladies' conference in Atlanta, and the whole thing was about being counter-cultural. It was about being a Titus 2 lady. If you were to read Titus chapter 2 or even 1 Peter chapter 3 that we read last night, in just um, any gathering, in our culture today, it would be offensive, wouldn't it? It would be so offensive. And even I'm, I'm hearing more and more young ladies saying to me uh, um, things that just sound culturally good, but are not biblically sound. And they don't understand why that doesn't line up with the word of God, because boy, it sounds so good. Um, You've probably seen t-shirts that say things like girls rule or um, woman strong or uh, I saw one t-shirt that said if a woman had been in charge dot dot dot. (laughs) I saw another t-shirt that said I'm trying to think of it now and it just went out of my head. Hi, it's early. I need another cup of tea. Um, Anyway, but we see all of these slogans that sound so good. But when we go to the word of God, we do find out that women are supposed to be strong, but in a very different way. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 31. And um, I know sometimes we look at this passage and we're like, really? That's just a lot. We're not going to go through the whole passage and we're not going to learn how that we should be home cleaning instead of at a retreat. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Not at all. And I didn't mark it. So here we go. In Proverbs 31, verse number 10, 11 and 12, but 11 and 12 are going to be our focus. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Girls, every time I read that verse, I am convicted. Every day. Every day, do good to David. Every day? Wow. 
Does that convict you? I mean, some of you are sitting there looking at me like, that's not hard. Uh, <laughs> it's a little hard. Why? Well, because we, we live in a sin-cursed world. We live in a sin-cursed body. We get attitudes. We have bad days. Most of us are old enough now that it goes way beyond a bad hair day, right? Way beyond the bad hair day. We hear bad news. We, we react differently, respond differently to um, traumatic circumstances that come into our life. We respond differently to our differences that we talked about last night. I mean, it's just hard. It can be hard to do good every day. Yes, you love that man. Oh, I love that man. Oh, I love that man. I love that man. We need to do good. So let's just take a little poll, first of all. Um, if you're going to do something good together alone, that's what this session is called, Advancing Your Marriage Together Alone. If you're going to be together alone and you're going to do something good, from your perspective, what are you going to do? What you going to do? You get to plan it. I have this amount of time with my man alone. I'm going to have concentrated connection time with him. What are you going to do? Yes, me. Try not to talk about church. There you go. <laughs> Try not to talk about church. Is your husband a pastor? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> that pretty much says it all. What else are you going to do? Try not to talk about the kids. Try not to talk about the kids. All right. Work. You're going to work together? Don't talk about work. Don't talk about work. Don't work together. Don't work together. I get it. I get it. Turn off your cell phone. Wonderful. Wonderful. If you're going to plan an evening out, what are you going to plan? Food? Oh, yeah. Food's important. We like to go out to dinner and then walk around in, like, nostalgic, like, we go to Roanoke or we go to South Lake and just walk around. Yes. We like to go to the Tesla and, you know, just go into the little stores. And- yes. We like to do that, too. We travel a lot. And so one of our favorite things to do, if we get time, is to check out local stores, yeah. downtowns, boutiques. What? Well, my husband's not into the boutiques, but, yeah, local coffee shops. I do yes. enter all the scopes shops and gun shops for him, so then he goes to the house. There you go. See, that's nice. <laughs> kind of a you give, I give. That's good. Yeah. What else? What are you going to plan? If you have time to do good for your husband alone, any other ideas? Amy? I like to ask him what a perfect evening or a perfect date looks like to him. So Good. There we go. There we go. I've gotten... So I asked my husband that. He goes, spending time with you, babe. I see. Isn't that nice? He's sweet. Yes, ma'am. Intimate time. Now, do you know that is the first time I've had a lady say that to me? The first time. I've had a lady say, if I have concentrated time alone with my husband, I'm going to plan time in the bedroom. That's the first time. Now, let me reverse that. 
if your husband has time to plan with you. He knows, I've got you all to myself. We can do anything we want. What is your husband going to plan? Intimate time. <laughs> Intimate time. Yes. Now, I will say that we are finding more and more that that's not exactly true. There are men who are struggling in that area, whether it be for a physical difficulty or sometimes, unfortunately, a sin difficulty, and they don't plan that with their wives. And I have counseled with some ladies who are frustrated in the intimate area of their marriage because they desire their husband and he does not seem to desire them. So let me tell you right up front that nothing I say today is to be hurtful to you or frustrating to you. Nothing that we say in the entire retreat is supposed to be hurtful or frustrating. We have four sessions together that we can take an hour each time and say, this is what the word of God says and this is what the word of God laid, or the Lord laid on our hearts and, and hopefully you can take something. Maybe just one thing from the retreat, maybe one thing from each session, but you might be sitting there saying, but that's not us. We, we need so much more. Can I tell you, there is hope and help in this book. And if you need it, please get help. If, if we don't address what your problem is, please come to us. We can at least get you started in the right direction. We're not professional counselors. I can tell you that right now but we can maybe get you the help that you need. And a step in the right direction is what? A step in the right direction. And that's where we need to start. But today, we're going to talk about the bedroom. We are. Because, as I said, she's the first lady who has ever said that to me. Because sometimes, girls, that's the furthest furthest thing from our mind. Whatever season of life we're in, it's okay that you said that. I think it's great. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed. (laughs) Um, Sometimes it can be the furthest thing from our minds. Why? Because just like we talked about last night, um, what did the one gentleman say that our, our brains are like spaghetti? I like to say men do think in boxes and they open one box at a time. All of my boxes are open and spilling out onto the floor. <laughs> I have so much other stuff that I'm thinking about. I remember when we were first married, a lady said to me, um, you know, you really have to work on your marriage. And I was like, Why? What am I needing to work on? This is awesome. I get to live with him. I get to kiss him anytime I want to. This is wonderful. And then we had Josh and Abby, Abby and Josh, respectively, 14 months apart. And life got busy. And I was nursing and nursing and nursing. Joshua, literally, he ate every two hours. That boy just loved to eat. He did. And (laughs) I know everybody was like, oh, you need baby wise. You need this. You need this. He was starving. Okay. So we we just fed him. I fed him all the time. And, And you know how it is, young mamas. You're touched all day. You're thrown up on. You're slobbered on. You get those wonderful baby kisses. And you finally get them to bed at night. And you're like, okay, the kids are in bed. And it doesn't mean that you get to go to bed because you've got all this other stuff you need to do because you finally got them in bed, but you just let your husband know, okay, the kids are down. And he's like, oh, they're in bed. And you're like, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) And then they grow a little bit. Teenagers in the house. 
How many of you have teenagers in your house? They never go to bed. <laughs> and if they do go to a bed, they want to get on your bed and talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And you're like, your mom is so tired. And you wonder, are we ever going to have time alone again? <laughs> is it ever going to be okay to shut the door and not be intimidated by what's going on out there? Oh, my word. Oh, my word. And then we enter this season of life where we're like, and things are falling apart. And we could have a whole session on that. But one of the characteristics of perimenopause is that your va-va-voom, a va-va vanishes. And that husband that you wanted so badly just last month or last year, And he's like, hey, hey, baby. And you're like, is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? And you want to be the wife to him that you need to be. You want to be a godly wife in every aspect. And, but you, you're struggling. You're struggling. Well, let's delve into the word of God. In Proverbs 31, it tells us that her husband's heart safely trusts in her. If we take that apart word by word, his heart is his inner man, but it also means his inner desires, the seat of his emotions, and the seat of his passions. So if you take that literally, the seat of your husband's passion has to be fully and wholly trusted to you because The Lord created intimacy and he created it wonderful and he created it sacred and holy. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number four, it says marriage is honorable in all and the bed is undefiled. It is pure and holy. So God created it that way, but only within marriage. So your husband's appetites, his desires, all of that is fully entrusted to you. His heart, his body belongs wholly to you. And the last part of that verse says that he has no need of spoil. Now, in our vernacular, we would say um, that he has nothing going to waste, but it's not that. It's not like the milk goes spoiled and you're like, oh, what a waste. I have to pour the milk out. It's not like that. The spoil there is like the spoils of war. Like when he conquers something, And he owns it. (laughs) This belongs to me. The children of Israel, when they would conquer, if the Lord allowed them to, they were allowed to have the spoils of war. They were allowed to have the riches of the land. You could say treasure. They had treasure. So that your husband has no lack of treasure in you. All of his treasure is right there. He doesn't need to look for it outside of marriage. He doesn't need to um, wish that his treasure would happen. It's all right there because his heart is safely entrusted to you. The next verse says that she does good to him. That word good is interesting because we sometimes describe words by the word itself. And grammatically, we're never supposed to do that. We're never supposed to say, well, good is good. It's not bad. No, 
Good is, this is awesome, bountiful, whole, pleasant, agreeable, kind, happy, joyful, and delightful. Am I joyful and delightful in this area of my marriage every day of my life? Mm. That's hard. Now, girls, I know life happens. I know life happens. The baby gets an ear infection and they're up all night long. And then the next night you're exhausted. (laughs) I know this. I know that we get sick. I know that things come into marriage that just can be a strain on this part of our marriage. But what I would like to take from these verses is that our husband has a treasure. It's in us and it's fully entrusted in us. And so it's an area of our marriage that we need to work on. We do in every season of life, whether you've got the babies or the teenagers or the hot flashes where your va-va-voom is va-va-gone, then we just need to work on it. And partially, partially we work on it by realizing that God created it. This was God's plan from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, he creates a man and a woman, and he puts them together in the garden, and he says in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply. His first command is to be intimate to the husband and wife. That just blows my mind. And my husband likes to point out in the next verse, it says that you can eat. This is all the things that you can eat. So he says, God says, be intimate and eat. So food and intimacy and one is more important than the other. And that's intimacy, according to my husband, because it comes first in the word of God. So God created it. In Genesis chapter two, the Bible tells us that he made the woman for the man to complete him. And then at the end of the chapter, I'm sorry, my eye is watering and I don't think that I'm crying. I think it's allergies. (laughs) Um, The Bible says that Adam says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And they become one. And the Bible says they were both naked and they were not ashamed. That shows such the uniqueness of the marriage relationship, doesn't it? It's so unique. It's unique to just you and your husband. You can have a wonderful relationship with your mother. You can have a wonderful relationship with your girlfriend. And you can have a wonderful relationship with your children. But it's not like that relationship with your husband. It is the one thing that sets us apart. The one thing. I was at a bridal shower one time. And, um, you know, Christian bridal showers, we always have a devotional We just do, because that's what we do. And we want to focus on the Word of God, and I understand that, so I'm not making fun of that. But I was at a bridal shower, and um, the lady giving the devotional said, now, at this bridal shower, she's probably going to get some lingerie. But I want you to know, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about serving God together and praying together and reading your Bible together. And she was going on and on about that. And honestly, girls, I was sitting there thinking, well, why are they getting married? I mean, it is the one thing that sets you apart. And can I tell you that she and her husband are no longer together? The girl who gave that Bible study. This is an important part of our marriage. God created it. So that's the first thing we need to understand. And I'm going to get it together. I really am. Maybe I should have had that next cup of tea. Okay. Um, 
This was God's plan. And I think for a few different reasons, intimacy meets the needs of both the husband and wife. Now, a lot of times we think, well, this is his need and not my need. Um, we were just at a couple's retreat recently, and um, one of the ladies, when I said, what would your husband plan if he had time to plan alone? And she was like, oh, and she was like, it's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> she was just really out there and vulnerable, and she was very helpful. So um, anyway, um, sometimes we think that way. It's only for my husband. Well, I need to do this for my husband. But in first Corinthians chapter 7, the Bible tells us that um, we are to be together and we should only be apart for times of fasting and prayer, but we are to be together so that we are not tempted. And he addresses both the husband and the wife. Don't you think if it was only a temptation for your husband that he would only address the husband and he would say to the wives, now make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing this. But he says to the husbands, make sure you're doing this. Make sure you're meeting her needs, too. Um, My daughter went to um, West Coast Baptist College, and um, I don't think she was roommates with any of your daughters, so I can say this. Um, She, uh, her freshman year, she had wonderful roommates, and I loved them. I was very thankful. I have been thankful for all of my children's roommates. She came home at Christmas, and we were alone in the house. I think we were baking in the kitchen or whatever, and she said, Mom, can I talk to you? And I said, Sure. And she said, You know, um, my one roommate is engaged, and my other roommate is dating, and they've been talking about about the honeymoon and she said um you know when they were talking about it they they pretty much have come to the conclusion that intimacy is just for the husband and you do this so that they're not tempted and and you know you're not really going to enjoy it it's just not going to be that and i said oh honey i said that's just probably something that they learn from their mother or they've picked up somewhere in this culture i said that is not true and she said oh good because they were just talking and talking and said and i said well i don't really know but i think my mom likes it <laughs> going to visit her the next spring and her roommates being like "Uh." but it does meet mutual needs for your husband we often think of those needs as being physical and they are and they are now unless your marriage is more reversed which I said we have been seeing where men are not as active in this area, if your husband is more like what we consider the normal man, um, it is a physical desire that God gave him and a physical need. But it is also emotional. It meets an emotional need in his life that his wife desires him. It meets a spiritual need in his life that he has that treasure in you. He doesn't have to look for treasure outside of marriage. And can I say that if your husband has committed adultery or if he is involved in pornography, that is not your fault. So right now, I don't want anyone to sit there saying, well, she's saying that it's my fault because I'm not meeting a need. I am not saying that at all. And that's a session for a totally different time. And that's something that we can help you with if that's your um, difficulty. But in a normal, healthy marriage, This meets such a need in your husband's life. Don't overlook it. 
Don't think to yourself, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. We're busy. He's fine. He needs you. He needs that treasure that only he has in you. But it also meets your needs. And your needs mostly are that connection and security that you have from him. It is also physical. It is physical. But that security that you have. Have you ever been going along in your married life and you're like, I just don't feel real connected to you. I just don't feel real connected to you. And you're longing for that face-to-face time. Well, maybe that face-to-face time of going out to dinner and sitting across the table and having that intimate conversation, maybe that would happen more if we, if we concentrate more on this. And maybe we would feel more secure if we concentrate more on this part of our marriage. So God created it for both the needs of the husband and the wife, and God created this for harmony in the home. Now, David gave you a little taste of how my parents were when I was growing up. Now, my parents were very appropriate in front of us, but my dad did call my mom hot lips. He also called her Dolly and Babe, and um, they were very affectionate. They were very affectionate. And I did not know what a foundation I had until I got married because obviously a good Christian girl isn't going to (laughs) know until she gets married. But I didn't know that the, the harmony and the security that I had as a child growing up in my home was a lot based on the affection that my parents had. I had no worries that they were maybe going to split up. Now, it wasn't that they were perfect. It wasn't that they never had disagreements. And my mom was a very strong woman and had very strong opinions. And she would just state them. Um, So I was very aware that they would have disagreements, but I also knew that they loved each other. And it, it just brought such harmony to our home. Your children need that. They don't need to know what happens when you lock the door for your bedroom. Um, There are age-appropriate discussions that can go on with your children, and I urge you to have them because they will seek information and they will find it in a wrong place if you don't tell them. But your children deserve that. They need that. They crave that. They crave parents who love each other. So it creates harmony in the home, and often I will say that it is God's way of giving you children. Now, The Lord doesn't give everyone children, and I don't know why. We were just with a very sweet pastor and his wife this week, and they've been married 11 years, and they don't have children. They would love to have children. I added her to my prayer list because I would love for them to have children. I don't know why God gives some children, and he doesn't give others children. But let me just encourage you. First of all, on both sides of this, God created intimacy for you and your husband. Even those of us who have children someday will not have them in our home anymore. And David and I will still be married when Charity, who is only 13 years old, leaves the nest. We will still be married and we still need to work on this part of our marriage. And if God hasn't given you children This part of your marriage is a glue for your marriage. It is not just a conduit for God to give you children. So don't let that frustrate you and keep you from this part of your marriage. And then those of us who have children and maybe have a lot, 
sometimes we can think to ourselves, okay, what if we have another baby? (laughs) And it can cause us to be frustrated in the bedroom. Don't be frustrated. Don't be frustrated. First of all, I would say to you that children are an heritage of the Lord. They are. They are wonderful, beautiful things that God gives us. And what better time for us to be raising armies for God. Children who are strong in the faith. This is an amazing time for that. So don't let that frustrate you. And then have a conversation with your husband if you feel like, I've had a baby every nine months for the last 10 years. You know, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but have a conversation with the Lord and have a conversation with your husband and don't let it come between you and your husband in the bedroom. So intimacy was God's plan. And I would say to you that if this is going to be a treasure that our husband has in us, it also needs to be our plan. It needs to be our plan. Do you know why? Because we don't think about it. We don't. I um, recently listened to an audiobook and I ordered the book on Amazon so I can go more fully through it because I like to make notes. But it's called For Women Only and it's by Shanti Feldhahn. And it is all about how men think. It is a scary book. <laughs> because they don't think the way we do, but it's so helpful. It's so helpful. And in this area, it is an amazing thing how often men think about intimacy. They just, it just comes into their brain. Apparently, that box opens very quickly. (laughs) It doesn't shut. That's it. It doesn't have a lid. Maybe that's what it is. It doesn't have a lid. And honestly, ladies, with all of our boxes that are open and spilling out onto the floor, we, we just go through our day. I've got to think about this, and I've got to think about this, and I've got to think about this, and all at the same time. And that just doesn't enter our head. But it needs to. Do you know why? Because intimacy for us starts here. It is very cerebral. It is very cerebral. Maybe you need to change the way you think about it. Remembering that it's God's plan. It's not something perverted and ugly from the devil. It's not something Hollywood came up with. It's something that God came up with. And within our marriage, it is sacred and holy and beautiful and strengthening and a treasure. So maybe you need to change the way you think about it. Maybe you need to change the way you think about your husband. You know what? He is a man. And just like we talked about last night, he's different. He's very different. And sometimes, ladies, we can allow those differences become irritations. Those little irritations. Seriously, you did that again? Seriously, you did that again? What were you thinking? And and when we say that, what we mean was what we mean is you weren't thinking. But you know what? They were. He was thinking. He was just thinking differently than you. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 33, it says, The wife see that she reverence her husband. That word reverence means to hold him in awe. When was the last time you were in awe of your husband? Just 
overwhelmed, not at you did that again, not that kind of awe. <laughs> the awe of you are amazing. You are amazing. See, girls, cerebrally, if we are constantly thinking you are irritating the fire out of me, then when it comes time for your husband to say, hey, baby, and let's shut the door and lock it, you're going to be like, mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Lock me on the other side. (laughs) We do have that tendency to be like, are you serious? Are you serious? But it could be because we're thinking wrongly about our husbands. Ladies, be thankful for him. I think a lot of this starts with us being thankful. Instead of being irritated at all the tiny little things that he does differently than you, instead of being like, you don't diaper the baby right, or you didn't do this right, or you don't vacuum the floor right, or don't don't let don't help me with the dishes because you don't do them right, you know, whatever. Instead of that, start making a list of what he does right and what you are so thankful for. Honey, you work so hard to provide for us. Honey, you work really hard around our house to make sure that it looks good. You work really good, really hard in our, in our yard. You are an amazing father. You, if he's a preacher, you are an amazing preacher. I had one pastor's wife say to me, she was like, I'm really struggling because my husband will say to me, hey, how'd I do? And she said, I just, I want to tell him everything he did wrong. And she said, I don't know what to do. And I said, does he do anything right? And she said, oh, yes. And I said, then only say that. Only say that. This illustration was amazing, or that verse really hit home with me, or that point was amazing. Your husband needs you to be thankful, because when you are thankful and thinking right about him, then he has a treasure that he can safely entrust to you, because you are more warm and willing and open to being his lover. So it it starts with our thinking. Our planning starts with our thinking, changing how you think about it, change how you think about him, and maybe change how often you think about it. Just like I said, he thinks about it a lot. He does. So maybe we need to think about it, and maybe you need a reminder. I don't know. If you have a phone, maybe you need to make put little emojis on your calendar on your phone. I don't know. That help you remember when your to-do list, when you write your to-do, I don't know if you're to-do listers. I am a to-do lister. Maybe on your to-do list, write little hearts just to remind you. You need to be thinking about that. You need to be thinking about that because frequency does matter. Frequency matters. Um, Mrs. Tony Flanders, uh, her husband is an evangelist now, and they were in the pastorate for many, many, many years. And I heard her speak one time, and she said, your husband's need for intimacy is like his need for food. I was like, wow, my husband needs a lot. (laughs) Maybe you need to think about frequency. And, And like we said before, life happens. Life happens. My daddy used to say um, to couples, when he would speak to couples, he would say, you need to make love once a day and twice on Sunday. 
well, my dad was a pastor. I know better than that. I do. That, that did not happen in our home. At least I don't think so. And I, I, I don't want to know. Okay. So anyway, anyway, but girls, honestly, think more, more than you think. More than you think. Make it a priority. Say, I'm so tired. I know. I know. There's so much to do. I'm so busy. I'm going through this time in my life. I know. I know. Think about it more frequently than you do. Don't let it frustrate you. Don't let it frustrate you. If you are in that time where your va-va-voom has va-va vanished, get help. Get help. If you're going through another time where you're just like, this is, things aren't working well. I have young married ladies come to me and say, things are not working well. Do you know that an OBGYN is there for more than just delivering your babies? If you have a nurse midwife, I had a nurse midwife and she just retired. Please feel sorry for me. She was wonderful. She was wonderful. They're not just there to deliver your babies. They are there to answer hard, awkward questions. They can, and they can get you help. There is so much help that you can get. There's all the way from you can go medication-wise, you can go supplement-wise. Um, I, When I first started into this time in my life where I thought I was absolutely losing everything that was sacred and holy to me, <laughs> um, I would just ask Titus II ladies everywhere I went. I mean, even if I had like two minutes I would say, tell me what you did. Tell me what you did. And I have one lady, Beverly Van Gelderen, awesome, awesome lady, walks with God. She said, oh, Bethley, it's going to be okay. She said, remember, sweet. You need sleep. You need water. You need to eat right. You need exercise. And you need time with God. And, And she said, just ask yourself, do I need a nap? How much water have I had today? What have I been eating? Have I had my daily walk? And I haven't. Let me tell you, we've been in Chicago. It was freezing and nasty, and I need to walk so bad. Okay. Anyway, that's beside the point. And time with God. But girls, sometimes we as Christian ladies, we want to fix a physical problem with spirituality. We want to go to the Bible and we want to be like, Lord, Lord, you're going to help me through this. And he will. He can calm your heart and give you peace and give you direction. But sometimes you have a physical need that needs to be fixed, either with medication or supplements or whatever. So don't be frustrated. Get help if you need it. Then prepare for intimacy. Um, The book that I read um, or listen to for women only, only by Shanti Feldhahn. She very cautiously went into this chapter about being attractive. Being attractive. She said that by and large, men that she interviewed, and she interviewed men all across all spectrums. Um, saved, unsaved, um, white collar workers, blue collar workers, whatever you want to say. She just does not matter. She interviewed all men and men by and large said, I don't need my wife to look like a model. I didn't marry her because she looked like a model so much, but I would like to know that she still tries. 
You know, girls, we live in the generation of yoga pants and messy buns. And honestly, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. I like to be comfortable. I do. And I also know that in our 28 and a half years of marriage that I have changed a lot. And I have gone through all kinds of changes. Um, When I was really, really in the perimenopausal stage, I put on weight like you would not believe. I mean, it just... Everywhere. Everywhere. And it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter what I did. It just wasn't coming off. It It was hard. It was hard. But... Our husband doesn't need to know that we're starving ourselves and we're going to be a size zero and, and whatever, be a supermodel. No, he just wants to know, did you try? Did you try? Does he come home every day and you're in the same stained, torn sweatpants and you haven't had a shower in a couple of days and whatever? You know, he, <laughs> he's going to love you. He is. And we've all been there where we've been sick for like five days straight and we're finally coming out of the fog of sickness and your husband's like, you're feeling better. (laughs) And you're like, I haven't shaved my legs in five days. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's going to take you if he can get you. But he also wants to know that you can try. Be physically attractive. Take a shower. (laughs) Wear something besides yoga pants and messy buns. He wants to know that you try. So be physically attractive. Be flirty. Be flirty. Your husband didn't marry you because you frowned at him all the time. You know, after we get married, and especially after all children come along, and I'm a homeschool mama, I don't know how many homeschool mamas, we get this, like, crease right here. (laughs) And it's, like, permanent. And it's not even because... We're upset. Sometimes it's just we're concentrating. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And this is the face that our husband sees so much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it just convicts me so much. When I was um, pregnant with Jacob, who was our fourth one, I overheard my husband say to my mother, I, I think I had slipped off to the restroom or whatever, and they were in the kitchen, and I was coming back, and he said, I just feel so badly. And I was sick through all of my pregnancies, just that, you know, morning sickness, nausea that goes all day, all nine months. And um, I just didn't feel well. And I had the three little ones, but um, he said, I just feel so badly for Bethley. She doesn't smile anymore. And I was like, I don't smile anymore. That's terrible. That has been my clue. That was my wake up call. I need to smile at David. He did not marry me because I have a line right here. He married me because I smiled at him. And I had those sparkly eyes for him. I remember we went to Pensacola Christian College and um, we met for lunch every day. We met our senior year. Um, And so I would go and wait for him on these benches um, outside of the dining hall. And he, I knew he was going to come around that corner any minute. He was going to get out of preacher boys class and he was going to come around that corner. And I would just be sitting there like, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And I was always waiting. And as soon as he would get there, I would jump up and I literally would jump up and down. Literally. I'd be like, let's go to lunch. And I would be so excited. You know, I don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I realized, I mean, it must have been so incredible for him to have his own cheering section right there, you know? And, and we lose that sometimes, don't we, girls? In the midst of everything, in the busyness, in the minutia of our day, we lose it. Smile at him and go ahead and flirt with him. Go ahead. It's a wonderful thing. You can flirt with him. You're allowed to flirt with him. And yea, verily, you should flirt with him. There will be other women who do. Have you ever been out to dinner and the waitress is a little friendly? Yeah. I have been in churches where ladies are a little friendly. And and I take care of that. (laughs) They're all still alive. They're fine. fine. (laughs) But um, you get to flirt with him. And if it's been a while, you might need to tell him. I'm flirting with you. Because <laughs> you might be like, what are you doing? You're being so weird. I had one lady email me after a session similar to this, and she emailed me, and she was like, Bethley, I'm trying to do that flirt thing with my husband, but all he wants to do is get me alone now. And I was like... That's the whole idea of this whole session. So flirt with him. Be creative. Ladies, sometimes we so desperately want our husbands to be the romantic one. He's the one who needs to turn on the music and light the candles. And here, babe, I got you a nice hot bath. You just relax for a while. How often does that happen? (laughs) No. No. You are on his radar, but he has a goal in mind. He does. And so if you want creativity, it's okay. You do it. You set the mood. You light the candles. If you need a long, hot bath so that you can relax, then you take the long, hot bath. You be creative and make sure that your bedroom is clean, comfortable, decorated to your taste and of course your husband's taste too but it's not the catch-all for everything there are way too many couples ladies who are like well no one ever goes in there except me and my husband and so the laundry is everywhere and there's mess and disorganization do you know what happens to your cerebralness when your husband's getting all romantic and you're thinking about laundry on the floor and everything so clean comfortable lock on the door lock on the door no tv TV. that's a good one no tv i know of couples too who leave their phones in the kitchen when it's bedtime the phone stays in the kitchen or living room or wherever Um, we have kids that live across the country so we don't do that and honestly the other night we were out cold it was 12 30 in chicago so that would have been 10 30 in um, california and charity charity comes she's like Jacob's trying to get a hold of you. He had called my phone. He had called David's phone. He finally got a hold of Charity. He woke Charity up. Scared the living out of us. We're like, (gasps) he needed some counsel and prayer. I was like, 
counsel and prayer in the morning, buddy. You about scared us to death. <laughs> or maybe at 10 instead of 12.30. But that's why we keep our phones in our bedroom. Um, it didn't do any good. It didn't wake us up. But anyway. Anyway, you be creative and make sure your room is wonderful and you are all set. Intimacy then should not just be prepared for, it should bring pleasure. I would say once again, if you're struggling, get help. Whether that be counsel from a reliable pastor's wife or Titus II lady or your OBGYN, get help. I would also say rest and relax. It's more important to your husband that you are rested for him than that you have everything done. And there are so, do you ever go to bed and think that your to-do list is done? Nope. No. And you never will. Never. So it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. If the baby's napping, I'm going to nap. Or I'm not going to do that right now. I'm just going to get my feet up and drink a cup of tea so that I can relax a little bit. Communicate with your husband. We're going to talk about communication tomorrow. The communication in this area is vital. If you're struggling, if you're like, I don't know what's going on with me, talk to him. If there are difficulties between you two that are keeping you from being intimate, talk about them. Communication is very, very important. And then I would say to you, lastly, pray, pray, pray. Pray about this. It is an amazing thing when your husband gives you whatever little look he gives you when he's interested in you, which is probably every day. (laughs) But it's an amazing thing to pray to an almighty God who created marriage and who created this part of our marriage and say, Lord, I am tired and that man needs me. Can you help me? It's an amazing thing. The Lord can say, yes, I can. And he gives you strength. If you are struggling, if you're in that time of life where you're just like, oh, things aren't working the way they used to, pray, pray, pray. Uh, Just um, February. It's April now, isn't it? Hello, April. Um, In February, we were in a couples retreat in Columbus, Ohio. And I did the session, and there was a sweet pastor's wife in there. They've been married, I think she told me, 42 years. And so I asked the question, what would you do if you were planning time alone with your husband? And she had answered that when she said, oh, I just want to cuddle on the couch with him. That's what I want to do. I want to cuddle on the couch. And then I said, what would your husband plan if he had time alone with you? Her response gave me such hope in this time of va-va-vanishing, va-va-voom, um, she said, oh, he would go, tally-ho! And I was like, I don't really want to know what tally-ho means. But she also said, girls, we went to Myrtle Beach for our 40th wedding anniversary, and she said, I, she said, all I have to say is it was better than ever. Better than ever at 40 years. Woo! I'm so excited! <laughs> That's how I want to be. I don't know that David will ever yell tally-ho, and if he does, 
I might run. I don't know. But I want it to be better than ever, don't you? I do. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Father, I thank you so much for these ladies and their kind attention. I know we're all a little bit tired. It was a lot to take in. Um, But thank you for your direction and your word. I thank you, dear Father, that your word gives us guidance for every area of our life. And that even in this most intimate area of our relationship with our husband, you give us direction. Lord, we didn't even mention the Song of Solomon. And Lord, it's a whole book about a husband and a wife and how they love each other. And I thank you that you've given us these examples. Lord, I don't know what these ladies are facing. Uh, Maybe everything's really, really good and they just needed some encouragement. But Lord, if someone needs some help, I pray, Lord, that you will lay it on their heart to get the help that they need, whether they just need to have a conversation with their husbands or whether they need some counsel. Lord, I pray that you'll give them that direction. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to protect this area of our marriage. It's so vitally important in such a perverted, evil society that we show the world that true love and romance is had in a biblical, strong Christian marriage. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us in this day. I pray that these couples will have a wonderful, wonderful time of refreshing. And I pray, Lord, that you'll keep us safe in whatever we do. I pray that you'll be with the camp staff as they have many, many things to do, help everything to work out smoothly for them. And I pray for the session tonight that you will just fill David's heart and mind and mouth with words from your heart. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. It is our prayer that you would know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you have never experienced salvation through Christ alone, would you please reach out to us? You can contact us through our website at www.southlandcamp.org or call our camp office at 318-894-9154. See you next time on the Southland Podcast.